Welcome to episode 20 of Mortgageonomics. I'm your host, Marco Gello. In a minute, I'm going to play an interview I did with uh, my, my go-to Calgary real estate correspondent, Mr. John Durrell of Canyon Maxwell Realty, or Maxwell Canyon Realty. And we'll be discussing the uh, current real estate and economic vibe in Calgary. But before we do that, I'm going to play you a little ditty I jammed out over the weekend. Um, it's a complicated one. It's a little, it's a silly little piece, actually. And um, really, it, it's, it's quite annoying. And uh, that re- that's really what got me to even want to perfect it even more. So just think, you know, you're going to be listening to something, someone who's trying to perfect the act of annoying in, on, on a particular song. And, and that's what I'm going to do here. So, but you never know, one of you there, out there, might really enjoy songs like this um maybe someone might choose it for their wedding song their you know the entrance or the first dance song right you just you just never know um i should have called this song annoying but i didn't it's it's called bag of cash instead for totally unrelated reasons i usually use the uh guitar as my main songwriting tool like i'll strum a, a few chords then pluck out a melody, then I'll pepper in some bass, then I'll go back to the guitar. And then at that point, I'll add some drums, then I'll, then I'll layer it at the end with synthesizers and keyboards and maybe the odd vocal. But this one, I started um, with the drums. So, you know, kind of an unusual way to write songs, uh, seeing that your drums aren't really, you know, pitch like notes. Um, so I laid down the, the bed tracks, for the drums, laid them down there, and uh, that was about three or four tracks over on top of each other. Then I started jamming some chords to it, and um, soon after, Annoying was born, or a Bag of Cash. And uh, this part, kind of funny, for some reason, at the one minute, 15 second mark, uh, there's this guitar part, and uh, it's two distorted harmonizing guitars, and um, it reminds me of Top Gun. And I don't know how, how I accomplished that because the last time I watched Top Gun was in the 80s because I, I never watch movies twice, so there's no way I saw it last week or a month ago. Uh, I was like 12 years old or something. So, yeah, that, that's kind of strange. Can't quite put my finger <clears throat> on how that entered the realm of, uh, you know, my creative medium at that point. But, you know, weird things happen when you uh, create music and... Um, Yeah, so that's that. Anyways, I'm going to stop being annoying right now and just play the song. So here it is, Bag of Cash.
So if anyone wants to use that song for their wedding, you totally can. You have my permission. Right. Welcome back. It's great to be back. And um, thanks for all the messages and emails in the past couple of months. Again, I took a little, little, another little hiatus there. So I really appreciate your business and your comments. Very cool. Um, the summer, it's been a busy one for me. Um, I'm one of those work vacation guys. Um, I'm not bragging about that. It's kind of, it's uh, yeah, I'm a work vacation guy. So really, it's like a bright and early start checking on files, zipping through my emails, firing off a few pre-approvals right? You know, total vacation things. And then boom, I switch into vacation mode for uh, most of the afternoon and into the evening. It's like uh, Jekyll and Hyde. And uh, like many Vancouverites, it's the Okanagan. That's, uh, that's where I was at. So yeah, good times. Started off in Osoyoos with uh, some great friends, then ventured through Oliver um, and all the wineries and finally ended up all the way in Kelowna there to uh, visit my folks and my family from Calgary. So yeah, lots of fun. Um, I keep wanting to do an episode on real estate in the Okanagan since we're on the topic of it, but just haven't had a chance to gear up for it, but it is definitely on my list for sure. And, um, I think it's, it's a fascinating region and for several reasons. Um, I mean, you have the real estate, of course, uh, the massive tourism boom in the summer months, um, you know, stemming largely from the wine industry, but of course, just the, the whole lake thing. And uh, what I would like to investigate further, like what research and, and interview people on, how does the employment sector there support the ongoing development of those darn big luxurious homes that are uh, peppered all over the outskirts of the town? So I'm sure there's way more to it than that, but uh, definitely, um, yeah, keep uh, I'll keep you posted on that. It's definitely a region I want to learn more about. And uh, if, if any of you know someone or and if any of you are uh, a good Kelowna resource, please reach out to me. Or if you know a, a busy realtor out there or a city council person or, or whatever, send me a note. Someone uh, that you think I should interview and would be a good resource to have on, uh, on this podcast. That would be awesome. So speaking of employment sectors and how they affect real estate, let's move on to uh, today's episode on Calgary. And... Um, um, spoke to my man John Durrell uh, a few days ago and discussed the factors um, that have the Calgary economy and and real estate in the state that it is in right now. And also, we chatted about what's ahead for 2020 and, and further out. Um, for those of you that have listened to my earlier episodes, you you'll be familiar with John Durrell. He's my uh, my go to um, for Calgary real estate. And uh, I really like his take on things. He's he's definitely at the pulse of things in Calgary. Like he, he keeps up to date big time on, you know, the the economic trends, uh, the political fronts for the city of Calgary, and uh, in the province, of course. And I, I think that's critical and very important for any type of real estate related information or research. Um, you know, it, it's part of the the overall. Um, area of information so it's just an extra level of due diligence when purchasing 
or selling real estate. And I got to say, I, like, I love it. It's just fun. Like, uh, I'm, I'm that, that kind of a nerd that way. I, I enjoy hearing economic theories and summaries of how politics and economy uh, do their part in real estate markets because they do. They, they absolutely do. They, they, they at least have a part. Uh, it's de- debatable how big that part is, but they certainly do. Uh, also, uh, I'm going to touch on a few mortgage points in the interview as well. Um, that you might find very interesting. So let's get at it. Without further ado, here's my talk with John Durrell. John Durrell, thanks again for joining us, bud. It's been a while and uh, good to have you back on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks. Appreciate being back. Excellent. I knew I can uh, get you now. Stampede is long gone. Well, we and uh, it's showtime. And traditionally, I don't know what the markets do after Stampede. So why don't we start there? Yeah. Like, well, immediately after everyone then goes on vacation, you've got you've got two modes of thought in, in Calgary: those who uh, stick around for the Stampede and partake, and those who uh, take off. And then you've got a role reversal after after Stampede ends. You've got everyone who sort of stuck around, uh, take some time off with the family and stuff. Typically head out to Montana, BC, all the lakes, and get some vacation time in. So uh, traditionally, like July and into August are uh, are slow in terms of real estate. Um, so you know, uh, like any good Canadian city, uh, summertime is uh, is a momentary blip on the calendar for the year. So uh, traditionally, I think uh, real estate transactions tend to Ease off. And then another, not not a wild card, but let's say interruption this year, mm-hmm. um, the election. The, the, the election yeah. that occurred in April, yeah. government change in Alberta. So April, traditionally, um, by that time, you know, the spring market is in full gear. But in Calgary, it delayed a little bit, didn't it? I, I think it until after the election, things kind of started moving. Yeah. And um, yeah, so there was definitely a delay for the year. Things were a slow start. The second half of last year was, you know, very, very slow. It's the worst I've seen it in terms of transactions while I've been in in real estate. And that's coming on a decade now. So uh, it was difficult times for the end of last year that carried on into this year. Uh, you know, the things that drive markets just aren't there, right? Um, private investment, employment, those things aren't increasing. They're, uh, they've been struggling. Uh, you know, Calgary's been entrenched at around 8% unemployment for the majority of that time frame. And, uh, you know, and there's nothing that's driving the market. You know, we've got increased taxes everywhere. We've got, say, uh, the city of Calgary's um, um, struggling with, $60 million in cuts to their budget for this year because, you know, we've got small businesses that are taking on the brunt of a uh, a uh, shifting tax base from downtown Calgary, with downtown Calgary being uh, subject to so much vacancies since 2014 with the downturn in the market and, and subsequent, you know, potential, some might say, piling on of um, taxing and, and government programs and stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of the private investment left uh, Calgary and Alberta. And so we've seen the brunt of that have to shift out. And so now they're having to redo that because it's putting people out of business. The small businesses are just overtaxed. And uh, 
So, you know, ultimately there was nothing that's driving the market here. So things had really flattened out. There's some there's some high spots in terms of the market, you know, some things where areas are moving, uh, price points are moving. Uh, but, you know, overall in a general broad scope picture to make those fundamental things change, you know, you need some private investment, you need uh, employment to go up, unemployment to go down. And then once you see those things happen, then you, you know, you see people uh, spur on consumer confidence. And if there's consumer confidence and people are interested in the market again, um, you know, you see the increase. Um, so it was a very slow start to the year. April, there was no knee-jerk reaction in terms of, uh, you know, uh, we got a new government and uh, all of a sudden, you know, people are selling, buying houses. It's a, sort of a big ship. It's gonna take a long time to turn around. Uh, the UCP has implemented 13 new bills within the first, you know, there are six weeks in government here, uh, some of which are aimed directly at reviving the economy, um, you know, lessening the corporate tax rate, uh, the Open for Business Act. Um, you know, these are things uh, re reducing red tape in terms of getting new um, projects. Uh, from concept to uh, to completion. So they're cutting red tape by one third, I think is the objective. So these things are all aimed at providing confidence to private companies, corporations. And you know, if, uh, if a corporation could come in and do their risk analysis and say, hey, we're gonna make some money, they'll invest. And you know, once we see that investment back here, you can see some corporation taxation grow. Um, you can see revenues grow from from those businesses making money and you can see the unemployment rate go down and therefore you're going to see a, a bigger tax income revenue stream uh, from employment. Uh, so, you know, I think those fundamental factors change, which I think will take a little while. Uh, overall, though, I would say from that perspective, there is confidence uh, definitely in Calgary um, and I think overall throughout Alberta. I think that's the consensus. You know, obviously I speak to many different people and in many different parts of the economy and, and workforce. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's there's one thing that affects all people and that's the economy. And uh, if they're employed and how much they're making and what's the cost of living. So we should see those things correct themselves in the province. Yeah, no. Confidence is a powerful thing, and yeah, it, it definitely plays a role in, in real estate. So that brings us to my next question. Where where are inventory levels at? Where What are we looking like? Well, what has the trend been? Um, I'm guessing that it's been rising, but give me some detail there. Yeah, so the um, new listings coming onto the market uh, actually are continuing to decline. So into, into June there, they were continuing to decline, uh, which is obviously helping to reduce what has been an oversupply situation in Calgary. Uh, year over year, new listings, we saw a decrease of uh, uh, 19%. Uh, that's significant. Uh, sales activity slowed this month, though, June, uh, compared to last year by 6%. So that balances out a bit. You know, we've seen a reduction in, in the activity, but you know, you see a reduction in the, in the supply. Um, that helps absorption. So even though you know activity has slowed, and there could be a few reasons for that, um, the absorption is much better. Um, you know, what I've seen personally in my business is a slow start, and then uh, you know, last month, um, so the last sort of 30 days, 
45 days. Uh, you know, I've done several transactions uh, on both ends, uh, sales and buying, and I've picked up a few new listings. And I've what the real big thing is is I've picked up. Uh, I've got more active buyers right now than I have had in a year at any given time. Uh, so there is an appetite. Let me stop you on, on that right there. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm with you on the, the buyer thing. Uh, it feels like I've got every other day I've got a new pre-approval coming in, which is nice. fantastic. But uh, I'm curious as well, like how, how long do you find your buyers? Because, um, I mean, they are truly in a position of power right now. Yes. Uh, how, how long does it take them to buy a house? On average, pretty quick. Um, because there has been a lot of inventory, the choices are quite, quite vast and, um, and people are willing to pull the trigger. You know, it's sort of funny, um, at times when things are very slow and there's a lot of inventory, people are a little bit scared to get into the market. And, and then there's other times when things are just hot and there's no inventory and you've got an oversupply of actual buyers and they just are jumping in sort of a you know, counterintuitive to what you should be doing at those times. But right now what I'm seeing is, is buyers are making the choice um, to purchase. And so my actual time spent with buyers is, is, is probably lower than average. Um, you know, I, I have had buyers where we've literally looked at two properties, three properties, and they've purchased. I mean, it's finding the right thing. Um, uh, so it depends on the market segment that you're in. But um, I'm not finding it taking very long, actually. They're making decisions and, and turning it over quite quickly. And I mean, to double up on that, uh, it, it's a very favorable right now for, for the buyer um, as far as the mortgage side goes as well. Um, everyone's yeah. probably heard by now the stress test has come down, uh, but marginally. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's almost not worth mentioning, to be honest with you, that it, it made the headlines across Canada, <laughs> stress test came down, but very marginal. Um, so yeah, that, that, is, that is helping people a bit, but I mean, the, the bigger thing is we are again approaching historic low interest rates, mm -hmm. um, which brings us back to the stress test. People that they thought were going to renew into five or six percent mortgages this year and last year are again renewing into historically low interest rates. So makes you wonder, are we going to have this stress test for another five, six years out when this generation renews again? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for fear of what will the interest rate be at that time? But you know what? That is tomorrow. Today's today. Yeah. And <laughs> if we focus yeah. on today, uh, you know, there's some great buys out there. When we talk more about uh, what some statistics or some numbers here, if you have like average prices in Calgary and so on. Yeah. So, I mean, um, in terms of, uh, you know, balanced market, you know, sub $500,000 uh, is trending towards more balanced conditions. Um, now the market still favors the buyer with about 4.2 months of supply in general. The amount of oversupply is eased and is slowing the decline in prices. Uh, the benchmark price in the city was 425,700, uh, which is nearly 4% below last year's levels, but month over month steady. Uh, you know, that's a considerable sort of point because, uh, you know, it had come down, you know, for subsequent years in a row. And uh, that's still a pretty big decline. And early on in this in, in this buying uh, selling season, you know, we had to make some significant price adjustments on sale properties uh, to get things to move 
Um, and that was like three months ago. So now, you know, if you're putting something on the market, it can sell, uh, but you do have to price it properly. Um, you know, detached sales in June declined by 9% compared to last year. Sales, uh, yeah, causing year-to-date sales to ease by nearly 3%. The decline in sales was mostly driven by homes priced above $500,000. Citywide year-to-date sales declines activity improved in both the south and the northwest districts of the cities. Uh, of the city. Sales did ease across other districts, but in some of the most affordable districts, Northeast and East Calgary, supply to demand ratios are improving compared to last year. Uh, and this is pushing those markets toward more da- balanced conditions as well. So I'm just listening like above $500,000 that, you know, tell me this, $500,000 purchase in Calgary will buy you a home, not a condo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And I'm here from North Vancouver and uh, just to, to give our other listens, listeners some perspective here who are listening in from Vancouver. Um, this is just a fun fact, I guess, but <laughs> I did the numbers here. Uh, $100,000 combined income. You yeah. Know, <laughs> husband and wife, uh, two spouses. 100000 combined income will, will net you a uh, $475,000 mortgage, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, in Vancouver, you could buy nothing yeah with that absolutely yeah. nothing um but you know interesting just a 45 minute flight east 12 right. hour u-haul ride east yeah i mean you could you could be in a 2500 square foot home in a nice neighborhood with a double attached garage close to all the amenities and live in the canadian dream right yeah like yeah that's in- that is crazy I just want to throw that out there. It's a fun fact. It has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about right now. But I have to to throw that out there because I I do bump into people more and more. And they are starting to seriously look at, you know, we're we're two totally different cities here with two drastically different real estate crisis going on here. And, um, you know, it gets people thinking on, on both sides. Yeah. Yeah, um, Calgary is affordable. You can get a really good house for a really good price. Um, you know, and, and the way I'm looking at things now with the change of the Alberta government, I suspect things will change. Um, I'm hoping to see some significant signs of confidence you know, into next year. That's notwithstanding what may come out in the federal election. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's widely thought that in Alberta, um, you know, the Liberal government isn't a uh, fan of the province and really isn't doing anything to sort of help it. Although having said that, TMX is going to be going through. They're going to be having shovels in the ground pretty soon. Uh, so, you know, that will help things. But, you know, if we have a shift in government, even a, even a minority government, if it was the Liberals, I think, um, you know, there would be a little bit more positivity going on. Uh, I think long term looking out, if you were buying in today's market, you should be seeing returns you know, on that in a year and a half, two years uh, outward. Yeah, and I'm reading, I'm looking at this uh, Conference Board of Canada um, with their information. So currently right now, real GDP by province, 2019, Alberta, dead last. Crazy. Uh, The projection in 12 months from now, Alberta to be number one. Right. uh, (laughs) You know, talk about volatility, but, you know, I think think there's been... uh, a good amount of rough years in this uh, recession 
in in Alberta. I, you know, it's it's just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah no, uh, you know, Albertans voted for economic change in the most recent election. Uh, that's where the thought, the mindset is, and so I think from that you should see some return. And and the way that the the introduced bills have been put in aimed at um, the economy. You know, there's some confidence to companies to put money back into Alberta. You know, the amount of money that left this province in in four years, just in a handful of companies, is you know over over a hundred billion dollars of private investment. That's not public taxation funds. That's private investment that uh, pays for jobs, uh, pays for income tax, uh, pays for uh, you know there's. A, revenue brought in on on those corporations from taxation and the resource sector when they're selling that product. The province makes money from that. We haven't been making money for a long time and we've been overspending. That's a problem. Um, you know, that ship's turning around. So, you know, uh, with that, with the facts you just laid out there, um, I'd like to dig into that a little bit more because I, I want to sort of get to think, get to see what they're looking at in terms of what's going to drive that GDP in such a quick amount of time, you know, from last to first. And that's not unheard of. You know, back in 2014, Calgary's GDP or Alberta's GDP was measured against that of China. Uh, you know, I think it was the chief economist for TD had uh, mentioned that there was a two-track economy in Canada. There was Alberta and the rest of the, the country. You know, that's what that's what we're we're used to in Alberta. And so I think that's what people are looking for. You know, we're uh, we've been riding a rough patch here, but uh, you know, people are I, I think seeing the um, other side. Uh, another thing that's kind of propped up is there has been a you know a surge of uh, rental property mm-hmm. listing in Calgary as well, and um, I mean that's interesting in itself. The number I have here is approximately just over eight thousand rental properties listed, thirty-seven percent okay. of which are empty, right? So right. it's a really you know I mean you look at it from the perspective of of the seller. You know, mm-hmm. it's a pretty, pretty tough grind. And, you know, what the, the good product always sells. Everyone yeah, will agree. True. Good product always sells. Um, but such an opportunistic place. And and I think that's that's how we have to approach this, especially if you're buying the the demographic that that I seem to be dealing with on a regular basis right now uh, is the under 40s. Um, mm-hmm. Really getting into the apartment condos and mm-hmm. starter homes. Um, and, and, you know, still we're seeing a lot of movement in other areas, but particularly mm-hmm. that under 40, and it's interesting because their needs way different than the baby boomers that we've been serving for the past, like, I mean, since I started in this business. So it's mm-hmm. an interesting shift going on right now. And, and, you know, we're kind of just adjusting to what their needs are. And I, I think the other big wild card going on right now, we see it in the mortgage uh, qualification, mm-hmm. um, this whole shared economy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, car to go, uh, mm-hmm. Netflix, uh, cloud space for your computers, you name mm-hmm. it, everything. It, it, and it, what that's doing from a mortgage perspective, it's interesting. It's freeing up qualifying income. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. I think that, you know, a kid, not a kid, but a 25 year old, I think that's how old you have to be. <laughs> uh, 25 year old subscribes to car to go and they pay as they go. Yeah. Rather than, you know, buying that Beamer and paying $700 a month, there goes your mortgage yeah. policy. Right. So, you know, little tip there for those of you 
<laughs> who are about to buy a new car, maybe uh, while you qualify for the mortgage for the first couple of years, uh, subscribe to Car2Go. Save yourself right. some money and get into that bigger house. Yeah. I mean, you got to be yeah. creative and take advantage of all these little shared economy mm -hmm. uh, little items out there because they can save you money from a monthly cash flow perspective where you can contribute that to your mortgage qualification. Yeah. Yeah. And I think more of that will come up. I mean, we're seeing, you know, many new things. I mean, we've got, I don't know if they have Mountain Bank or I would suspect that you do, but motorized uh, uh, scooters. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's just introduced out in Calgary. You've got bike share programs. I mean, Uber is a great thing uh, in Calgary. Um, the diversification and, and expansion of the um, Calgary transit system uh, has gone under some pretty vast um, um, uh, changes here. And they're going to be creating a whole new green line. That's the C train that's going to be going way down the southeast and, and up to the to the north end of the city. Um, but they've introduced uh, BRT, uh, bus rapid transits. Um, which have been going on for a while, but now what they've done is they've actually put the infrastructure, the road infrastructure, bridges, dedicated lanes um, throughout the city on major thoroughfares, like through uh, 17th Avenue going to the east side, uh, down 14th Street into the deep southwest of the city. You know, full-on dedicated lanes, tunnels, uh, bus routes. Um, so, you know, the expansion of that and the ease of traffic, um, you know, you... you you don't need to depend on a car like you used to. So there's a lot of options there. Go figure. And here we are on the West Coast. We don't have Uber and wow. we are not investing in infrastructure. Like um, transit infrastructure, crazy. like yeah. public transit. But uh, yeah, interesting. And, and you see what, what having infrastructure and uh, city transit going out gives yep. you the ability to uh, to have affordable real estate too. It, it, yep. it offers you... Maybe in Calgary, some might argue that a little bit too much urban sprawl, you know? Mm -hmm. I think at one point, Nenshi wanted to contain yeah. development and, and, That's and <laughs> keep, it, keep it concentrated. And there were, uh, you know, the people in central Calgary who were like, yeah, I want that. It's going to raise uh, my value, right? Yeah, yeah. Some areas wanted that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He wanted, uh, he wanted increased density. Um, but, um, uh, the sprawl that's going on in Calgary right now, some of the communities, new communities in the south, the north, the west, I mean, it's, it's pretty vast. And it sort of flew in the face of what he was talking about when he first got into power. But, you know, eight years changes things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure it does. So what, uh, what are the top performing areas, uh, let's say, to buy a house in Calgary? Like, where can you find the best value? Oh, there's a bunch of good values. Um like always, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of the sort of 60s uh, era bungalow community. So there's like a, a ring around, you know, what would officially be called sort of inner city where you can get some really nice bungalow style communities with mature trees, uh, you know, uh, nice size lots and get some cool classic properties and fully detached in a really good price point. You can get some you know, nice renovated properties in these communities, family oriented communities with great access to, to you know, all areas of the city and or downtown. Um, like say uh, property know. like that, John, I know what property you're talking about, the 1960s, yeah. like the Westgate kind of, yep. Haysboro, yep. those kind That's of. Correct. So yep. what can you get one of those? Like, you know, 1200 square feet, needs a little work because 
where I'm going with this is there's an awesome product called Purchase Plus Improvement Mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's such an awesome fit for this. We, we've done a couple of these last uh, last month. So if, if what can we get though? What can we come in at like four or 500 for one of those? So, so I mean, something that would probably need to be remodeled extensively, renovated extensively. You'd be in the mid fours for a good product and up to a renovated product. You know, really the mark would be between five and 600. Awesome. That would be a great price point for something to get into that range. I, I like those. They got character. You can do a lot with it. The locations are great. Uh, the west side performs well. Uh, northwest, uh, southwest performs well. Some of the newer communities are performing really well, depending on on which ones and what sort of amenities you're looking for. But the lake communities down in the in the southeast are performing well uh, because you've got year-round activities and things like that. And so if you're going to go out to the suburbs. Uh, and get that sprawl, you, you get more bang for your buck, right? Like you can get a lot of house for that same price as a, you know, a bungalow inner city. You can get a ton for 500 to 600 down there uh, and you get new product, you know, stuff that hasn't been lived in. So it really sort of whatever tickles your fancy. Um, and uh, yeah, the one I was, uh, I'll use as an example we did, I'd like to share with everyone is uh, it was in the Westgate area. Yep. It was uh, just under $500,000 purchase. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't need a lot of work. I mean, it was in move-in condition. Uh, but again, with the purchase plus improvement, yeah. um, we were able to get them like an extra $50,000. Like it came with the mortgage. So yeah. before this couple set foot in the house, they had the contractors in, yeah. new paint, new kitchen, yeah. uh, pretty massive renovation. Like for 50 yeah. grand, their dad was involved. They saved a lot of money and totally different house. And uh, yeah. in the process of that, they've improved the value of the house too. So that's right. I mean, get creative out there is, is my message to, mm -hmm. you know, especially that younger demographic. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe that if you can't get into that $700,000 house, look at that 500 and yeah. let's do a 50 to $60,000 improvement on there. And boom, you're setting yourself up for a nice upgrade three or four yeah. years later. And if you tie into what I perceive and what a lot of people perceive the market to do in that time period, yeah. you know, if you're if you're improving the house by five to ten percent in value on the renovations, and there's appreciation of ten to twenty percent over the next three to five years, you've just grown that equity gap to sort of launch you into that next position that you're looking to move into. Bang. So there we go. 1960s character homes, inner city. Yeah little bit of a fixer upper that's like the steal of the deal here uh, right that's that's what we're going to name this episode john steal of a deal steal of a deal 1960s something like that <laughs> no that's nice. awesome man. well why don't we leave it at that note uh and uh let's let's check in around uh i think the next kind of page turning moment in real estate is uh is around september or october i think right yeah, I think a good uh, good point in time would probably be to look and see how September is shaping up. So mid to late September, everyone's back from summer, kids are in school. That's when there's a, a bit of an uptick in activity in in Calgary, just because, you know, the impending weather is going to be coming November, December. So people try to make some moves in between that time. So I think that's a good time to check in and see how things are reacting. John, where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can visit me at johndarellrealty.ca. That's J-O-H-N-D-A-R-E-L realty.ca or 403-861-2733.
that's all I got, people. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, if, if anyone has any questions or wanted to discuss any of uh, of what we discussed in, in this episode here, feel free to uh, reach out to John Durrell as he uh, left all his contact info on there as well. You'll find it in the footnotes of whatever uh, avenue or channel you, you found this episode. So feel free to reach out. Uh, my toll-free number is one 437 5626 and that spells HFS loan. So one eight five five HFS loan. Or you can text me at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. Or just go to my website, marcogello.com. Marco with K-G-E-L-O.com. And you'll find all my details in there. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in Alberta and BC. So if you are listening um, from either of these two provinces, I'm your guy. Um, that's it. Thanks again for tuning into Mortgage Genomics. Take care. Talk to you soon.